Welcome to The Logbook. I'm your host, Lucas Weekly. This episode is supported by you, the listeners, through Patreon. Head over to thelogbookpodcast.com for more information. This time we hear from a P-51C flight experience pilot about what goes into giving rides in a P-51 and some of the interesting people he flew with. I actually got my uh, solo on my 16th birthday. I got my private pilot's license on my 17th birthday, commercial on my 18th birthday, my ATP on my 23rd birthday. So, I mean, you have to be those ages, obviously, to get those ratings. So I was just lucky to be in the right place at the right time and, and able to, to get to fly a lot. Well, after after growing up in the crop dusting business, I, I owned a T6 and I had a, a very close friend that had a P-51 and a Corsair when I was growing up. So I got to fly all those airplanes when I was younger. And I hadn't flown a P-51 in uh, over 30 years, uh, close to 35 years. And a friend of mine called me up and said, hey, would you be interested in, in flying the uh, the P-51 Charlie for, for uh, the Collins Foundation? And as a captain at Southwest Airlines and, and a Czech airman and a, an FAA-designated pilot, examiner i just didn't have time i was just busy 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 just don't have any free time and i told him i'm I'm honored that you ask and i would really like to participate but i just don't have the time and that night i got to thinking i said wait a minute somebody actually invited you to come fly their p-51 and you told them no so i picked up the phone the next morning called them back said you know what i'd love to to help you and participate as much as i can let me know what to do so Two weeks later, I was getting checked out in the in their P-51 and and got started right away, uh, giving dual instruction in it right away the next week, five and a half years ago. Uh, well, the Collings Foundation is a 5013C not-for-profit organization, Living History uh, Museum, uh, with approximately uh, 45 airplanes they own at this time. And uh, with four of the aircraft, uh, which is the B-17, the B-24, the B-25, and the P-51C, they travel to about 110 cities a year, starting in January in New Smyrna Beach, Florida, is the is the winter uh, maintenance facility. From there, they, they do a, about a two-week Florida tour to kind of get the feel of the airplanes to be sure the maintenance is correct. They're down for about nine days. Then they start the, the national tour right at the end of February, and they start, uh, well, actually this year it started in Leesburg, Florida, and uh, continued up to the northwest through the Panhandle and out out to the west. Right now, they, they're, I believe they're in Kalispell, Montana, I believe, and uh, kind of moving their way back down through the Midwest and up through, uh, up to the northeast for the fall, and then they'll end up back in New Smyrna Beach uh, this fall, about the second weekend of November is usually when they get back to New Smyrna. Then they're down for two months, and they'll do it all again the following year. This is the 26th year they've been doing this. And they sell rides in the in the B-20, all of the Bombers and the Mustang. They sell rides. The, the cost of the rides in the Bombers, I believe, is $450. And then once you get in the aircraft, and after takeoff, they allow you to move around to the different gunnery positions, including the you can't get down in the ball turret, but you can look down in the ball turret, walk up into the to the nose position and the tail position in all the airplanes. The uh, P fifty one Charlie 
is a unique airplane and that it was one of the few P-51Cs that was modified to two-seat uh, configuration for, for to give dual in. So it is the only flying P-51C in the world, and it's very, very unique. And it's a, it's a fun airplane to fly. It flies just like a P-51D that everybody's familiar with with the, uh, with the bubble canopy, except the C model has the enclosure that, that opens up from the side and it's a it's a little bit uh, flimsier canopy than the bubble, but it it's the same basically the same airplane. It's actually a little bit faster than the D model. The cost to to take they call it a flight experience or it's actually dual instruction because there's controls in the front and the back. And the uh, the the pilot command, which is me or whoever's the pilot command, sits in the front, but the rear seat passenger gets to fly. And everything's in the back that's in the front as far as the controls are concerned, with the exception of the landing gear has to be put down from the front seat. The uh, cost to that is it's $3,200 for an hour duel or $2,200 for 20, for 30 minutes duel. And it's it's uh, amazing to me. That sounds like a lot of money. But when you think about the cost of the overhaul of the engine is uh, about $247,000 a year for a for an overhauled engine if the crankshaft is good. And they usually get two two years, they get two seasons out of the engine it has to be overhauled, plus the, you're burning about 70 gallons of gas an hour. So that's not cheap at, at $6 a gallon. And then on top of that, insurance is very, very expensive because you, there's a lot of, obviously, liability uh, there when you're, when you're giving flights like that. So... Typically, a, a customer will come out and, and uh, look at the airplane and get a kind of a cockpit checkout, and it usually takes about 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes to the cockpit checkout. A lot of times, the customer is not even a pilot. They just had maybe a relative, a grandfather, an uncle, or whatever that flew them in World War II, and they want to experience this P-51 experience. So maybe they bought the flight or their relatives or a friend of theirs bought them this flight as a present and they're not even a pilot but they want this they get this experience so i'm checking them out and explaining how to get out of the, out of the aircraft in case of an emergency or a fire or whatever and uh, explaining what the different instruments uh, indicate and what to look for and what to be cautious of and all the emergency egress procedures in case we have to get out of the aircraft in, a, in an emergency so it takes about 30 to 45 minutes to do that. Then the flight is either 30 minutes or an hour. Then we do a 30-minute debrief. And uh, we have cameras in the aircraft. Uh, there's four different cameras and you can that you can get the full experience from the pilot's perspective as well as looking out during the flight. And we do aerobatics. We do uh, loops, uh, rolls, uh, Cuban 8s, Immelmans. Depends on the customer. If it's if it's a non-pilot and they're not used to motion, it's a good way to get sick doing aerobatics. So you be real careful, and you might do a roll and see how they feel. And, and if uh, if if they feel okay, that then you might do a loop or a cubinate or something like that. So um, most cities we go to, the Mustangs the busiest. They usually do a flight in the morning in the in the bombers, and a flight in the afternoon. But usually during the day, if the weather's good, there's Typically, I'd say average six to seven flights per stop uh, per day at, at the cities that we stop at. And typically, uh, for instance, in the in the Southern California region, it's it's daylight till dark. 
because there's so many people there in that area and a lot of people that can afford to to come by a $3,200 flight in a P-51. And it's uh, we've I've never had anybody say that it wasn't worth the money. Everybody says it's worth every penny, and they'd do it again if they had the money. So it's really a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun for, from my perspective because the, the customers always have a good time. All you got to do is – you know, show them what to do and even teach them how to do a roll if they're a pilot, even if they're a non-pilot, just to, to go that speed and feel that power of that, that that aircraft has. It's it's just amazing. So I feel very fortunate to, to get to participate as a flight instructor on that aircraft. So I had a few questions for our storyteller, like how fast can you go? Well, the red line on it's 510 knots cruising around, you know, and, uh, the way we operate the aircraft, we're usually cruising around at around 250, 260 knots just because you don't want to burn that much gas. You, when, you're, when you're going, you know, flat out, straight and level, 310 or 15 knots, of course, you can dive it to 510 knots. The speed is the main thing. And, of course, that particular airplane, before the United States got involved in World War II, Great Britain bought, I believe it was 175 of those aircraft initially because the the Spitfire couldn't escort the British bombers from London over to Berlin. It was too far. It round trip was 1,600 miles. And the, the, the Spitfires and the other escort aircraft that they have didn't have the range or the capability to go that far. The, the P-51C with the fuel that they could carry could go all the way to Berlin and back. So they bought... Uh, 175 of those aircraft to start with and then the bombers could go escorted all the way to berlin and back and that changed the whole war for them and of course shortly after that the united states got involved in world war ii and then it became of course more significant because it was escorting our bombers into germany at that time so it's a a very historic aircraft and if if it hadn't been for the p-51 the outcome of war ii could have been a totally different situation of course, you can say that about just about any aircraft because if you look at the B-17, the B-24, the P-47, the P-38, they all played a significant part. But if you had to pick one aircraft that would probably change, could have possibly changed the outcome of war too, I think you'd have to agree that it was a, a P-51. It was just fast. It was maneuverable. It had the range to stay with the bombers on the missions that they had. Plus, some of them were designed to carry bombs there's a there's a, a bomber version of the p-51 called the a-36 apache and it and it carried two 500 pound bombs on the belly and they actually did some bombing with p-51s as well the collins foundation have, happens to have one of the two flying a-36 apaches too by the way it's up in the northeast in uh, beverly mass and a hangar up there right now but it's a really historic airplane one of two flying it's pretty cool what about altitude? How high do you normally fly for these flights? It depends on the weather. Now, typically in the summertime, you want to get up in the cool air. And we usually, to do aerobatics, we like to be no lower than 5,000 feet and anywhere from 5 to 12. I, sometimes to get above the clouds, to get above, you know, if it's puffy and like it is here in Florida in, in the summertime, you have to go to ten or 12,000 feet to get above the, the uh, little summer cumulus clouds to have some nice smooth air to to do aerobatics in, typically between five and 10,000. 
So I also found out that the paid hour or half hour begins as soon as the plane leaves the ground. So the time needed to get up to altitude is also part of the flight. But it doesn't take long when you're climbing it. 3,000 feet a minute. It doesn't take long to get to to 10,000 feet. It is part of it. And uh, some people just want to go fast. Uh, if you happen to be in an area where you're out over a lake or the ocean, you can get down low. Because per FARs, you can't t- typically, uh, technically, you can't go uh, below certain altitudes in certain areas uh, in di- different airspace. But if you're out over a lake, away from persons or property, you can get down below 500 feet and experience that speed, and it's really cool to be going. Uh, after you dive down and you be going 300 to 400 knots indicated, you know, and long at about 100 feet off the water is pretty cool. Our storyteller also flew a lot of interesting people while giving experience flights in the P-51. Here's some of the highlights. I've flown with two uh, Tuskegee Airmen, uh, Colonel George Day, uh, Bud Day, who actually just passed away a year ago this month, uh, was was one of my customers, and it was very a very memorable flight. Uh, he he got shot down in Vietnam in an F one hundred four. Spent six and a half years in a prisoner of war camp in Vietnam, and and was escaped, recaptured, and retortured. He had a chance to actually leave the uh, prison camp a time or two if he was willing to give out the information that they thought he had and he refused to give him any information. So he just, he was just like everybody else in the prison. So he got to distinguish uh, flying cross and of course, of course, a purple heart and a very generous man as well. He's just a, just a really cool guy to, to meet and get to fly with. By the way, he flew the airplane. He was uh, approaching 80 years old and flew the airplane. Like he just got out of it. I mean, it was amazing. I flew, I've flown with at least a half a dozen to a dozen actual P-51 pilots that flew them during the war. And every single one of them, with the exception of one, and, and his only problem was physical. He had a hard time getting in the aircraft. It's not easy to get in and out of that aircraft, but uh, other than him getting in and out of the aircraft, was, all of them just flew the airplane just immaculately, just like they got out of it. And it was it's a lot of fun to meet these World War II veterans and, and to listen to their stories, because there's very few of them left. I mean, most of them are in their 90s now, 90, 91, 92. And it's just a, it's, it's an honor and a pleasure to get to spend time and listen to these guys and, and listen to their story about their experiences in World War II and getting shot down and spending time in prison war camps and and uh, it's pretty it's a special time it's and i feel honored to get to participate in that aspect of of what i do bob blankenship owns a home at love's landing although he isn't there very often because of his job as a captain for southwest airlines and flying for the collings foundation Bob is actually in the process of being checked out in some of the other planes that the Collings Foundation owns, like their B-25, which he hopes to be flying experience flights in soon. You can check out pictures of the P-51C, Bob, and his own airplanes, as well as more information about these stories by heading to the article at thelogbookpodcast.com. This episode was supported directly by your donations. If you enjoy the show, you can support its production by becoming a patron. Through Patreon, you set a donation level that is given every time a new episode is released. And you can always set a monthly limit so you don't go over your budget. 
Depending on the amount donated, you are granted access to different rewards that are as simple as hearing a sneak preview to the next episode, all the way up to exclusive content that didn't make it into the show. Any amount is helpful, and the more that's donated, the more the show can improve. Head over to our website, thelogbookpodcast.com, and click on the Patreon banner at the side of the page to start supporting. Also, don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps bring awareness to the logbook. If you have a story about anything in aviation, we would love to hear it, and it may even become an episode of the logbook. You can send us an email by using the contact page on our website. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you come back for the next entry in the logbook. 